Everybody and welcome to a very special emergency edition of South Burb Sitman. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mandel, and I'm joined by the amazing Mike North to talk about one of the most shocking news stories in the last many, many years for the Chicago White Sox. Mike, Rick Hahn, and Kenny Williams finally get the axe today. What's your immediate reaction, Mike? Well, Joe, first, it's great to be on. Great to have this platform on. And I, you know, there's other people going to be jumping on and stuff like that down the line about this because people that are devoted to the White Sox. I've been a fan since I was like seven years old. Okay. Uh, I've been a fan since for like 63, 64 years. I've never seen a, a more poorly run organization. Uh, I should take that back as far as baseball goes. Worst evaluation of talent I've seen was the last four years. I wanted Kenny Williams. I said this on North to North. Just check it out on ORTH, number two on ORTH. I'm on Twitter. I'll be on probably after I'm off this show tonight because <laughs> For sure. that's why I'm still doing my what I do because I grew up loving these teams, reading the back of cereal boxes, reading all the columns, uh, going to the games, going to day games when I was still like in high school, you know, just cutting school and stuff like that. So I'm very happy that Kenny Williams is finally gone. He should have been gone seven, eight, nine years ago that he was allowed to stay. I'm trying to get my chair right here. Hold on. Am I right yeah, there? Mike, I, yeah. I can center. Here we there go. you go. Center me in. Will you, Joe? Would you pay attention for go. God's sake? Gotcha. You're, like the produ- you're the producer. I got to move around. <laughs> no, so, I got you. Yeah. So um, I just uh, was shocked, first of all. But the first half of the press release sounds like we apologize for letting you go. We're sorry it didn't work yeah, out. It does. And, here for reference, I can pull it up for everybody real right. quick. And he, I mean, look at it. This is a difficult decision. Why? Why is it a difficult decision to let go of one guy who won one 
championship in all the years, even before he became the general manager of the Chicago White Sox. And why is it a difficult decision who's, who, to get rid of another guy who said, I got to do a rebuild, which is GM talk for, I get an automatic four to five years, and I can, yeah. I can buffalo you. So that's what happened here. But I've been telling Jerry Reinsdorf, and Kenny Williams knows this, Kenny, sorry, it's the way it goes. You had yep. a you had a great run. You know the the crocodile tears ain't coming from here. You had more than a, a, an opportunity with the public trust that you ran into the ground. And Kenny Williams and and say and and then Jerry says Kenny Williams is like a son to him. Then that's and the point. That's the problem. That's why I saw somebody say on Twitter consequences. Wait a minute. The person who tweeted that, figure it out for yourself, folks. Never laid oh, a yeah. hand on Kenny Williams. He usually beat up Pedro or other mm-hmm. people. Okay? Give me a break. Consequences. You should have put at the end of consequences, finally, F-I-N-A-L-L-Y. Don't come now and flex your muscles to me. Oh, it's just amazing to me, Mike, that it – they, were, they underperformed as much as they did the last, well, two seasons, really. I mean, before that, even the playoff early exit was pretty underperforming. But then you have last year, and then it's like they keep giving this guy a leash. I know they came out and said yesterday in one of the reports that it was his last year on Rick Hahn's contract. But how, But then now you see Brian Cashman in New York. He's getting the heat now but after Joe, one year. But, Joe, you're missing the point. Everybody thought it was Rick Hahn because the media, the Sox yeah. got the media on their thumb. Mm-hmm. We read the White Sox, who covers the White Sox. Pretty good writers, but no stones. Then you have the announcers. They're the greatest ever. No, they're not. White Sox fans are most of the problem. I listened to Vince Scully, for guy's sake, and I got to hear Jason Benetti is the greatest announcer that ever lived for god's sake they just print everything the white Sox says they don't put any heat on them when i was on the radio full-time and they're lucky i'm not now but i wouldn't last there were consequences and they wasn't finally it happened whether it was whether it was public relations somebody screwing up whether it was signing of candy maldonado what it was the wayward managerial hires of Bevington and Ventura, Tom Treblehorn. I've been around the block 88 times. I don't need anybody who's afraid to say what they feel. Yep. And it, and it kind of I, felt I, like the beginning tell of the me end. about consequences. Yep. And there has been no consequences for a long time. And I that's, think that's, what what I, that, that's why, look, I know the guy's a good guy. He's laughable. That was laughable. Consequences. There's been none. That's why we're in the mess we're in. Yep. And part of the problem, and and it was kind of the beginning of the end, Mike, because you see the last couple weeks, there was the Keenan Middleton stuff about how the culture on the White Sox was a disaster. And then Rick Hahn deflected that with some, you know, BS. Rick Hahn, look him up in the dictionary. Just, just, Just look him up. Ordinary, 
not a good judge of talent, not good with public relations, doesn't know how to answer questions, has helped along with Kenny Williams. And this was my point. I forever ran them together. Kenny Williams has always run the Chicago White Sox. Always. Rick Hahn Hahn couldn't take a dump without Kenny's permission. So we still have White Sox fans. Millions of them that think because what they, the media lies to them, and they think Kenny Williams has no voice. That's an insult to Kenny Williams. But the fact that he's like a son to him. Yeah, puppet master. You put your own nepotism, basically, because your other son had voice in this, no doubt, Michael. You go to him for advice. Over the a public trust like the Chicago White Sox and run it aground. Period. It's been run aground. It's the worst I've seen it in all my life. And it's and that's where I was going to go with this next, Mike, is is they came out today. Jerry came out today and said he's going to fill this by the end of the season. They're going to fill it. It looks like they're going to try to fill it internally. That's so, cool. so first off, that's a terrible thought. But if you look internally, Mike, there's really only two candidates you could look at. Mm-hmm. You're probably looking at Chris Getz and then Jim Tomey being involved, maybe in the front office portion somehow. Curious your thoughts there, Mike. Obviously not great to hire from within. It isn't, but if that's what we're going to have to do to get rid of the regime, and let me just say this about the White Sox people over there. 75% of you are the greatest people around. Okay, and I haven't seen some of you for a long time. But you know, I know how you feel about me, and I, you know how I feel about you. You, because a lot of you people, you got short, you got shirts that are over 30 years old that you wore in that place. Okay. So don't, don't play the game with me. I know. I remember I got a message from one of them when I retired. Congratulations on the career. Great career. Guess what? When I came back, I never got no message back. Like it's good (laughs) to have you back because I didn't play this nonsense. The day. I would have been on the White Sox every year for the last. I would have never believed in the rebuild. That was the shame of the media that believes Justin Fields is going to be great. That believed the Chicago Cubs, the 2016 Cubs, were going to win three, four, five championships. Do you know where I'm going with this? It's like a wholesale sell job that they did. And now that deals are in jeopardy, and now that the South Side, because of the lack of law and order, has become a place you never want to own a business in for the most part. Not all, but for the most part. Nice areas, but a lot of bad areas. And it's getting worse all over. What do you want to do? If you Well, now you need us to maybe find you a new home. So what do you got to do? You got to make changes because you can't go into anybody and say, I want this, I want that. And who's running your organization? Well, the same guy's been running it into the ground the last 10, 15, 20 years. And it's going to make it hard for free agents, Mike, because you're going to see this culture and you're going to see no one running the ship. They know already, though, Joe. They know this is bad. You don't think they talk in baseball? You don't think that the white side, you don't think that uh, some of our players who got traded at trade deadline, you don't think Giolito is talking? You don't think. Wait, you don't think Chris Sale talked? 
when he got traded to Boston for Johan Mankata and Kopik, and people thought it was a good deal. They thought it was it, a hose job, Mike. That was the lowest point, I think, of the White Sox fan base in history, and it's not gotten better. Sorry, folks. You thought getting four players that maybe one might be decent could equal Chris Sale. And, and I don't one Boston a World Series. Absolutely. So there's been missteps along the way from managerial hires to gutting the minor league system. I know the I know the baseball business in and out. I'll tell you this right now. If Reinsdorf would have hired me as his GM in 2000, we would have won more than one World Series. Period. I would have never signed Grandal. Oh, that was one of the worst contracts ever. I would have. I told everybody Grandal was was the worst catcher you could have. He had two other shots at number one, and then he lost it. Yeah, but he's a good framer. You know who wrote he's a good framer? Mm-hmm. The print media who never even watched him hardly. Yeah, they just listened to the White Sox PR department. Okay, so they I mean, that we got to get smart, folks. Yeah, Mike, I got to ask you, you tweeted out earlier. I got to ask you for a little clarification. You said that Jerry makes this move because he's embarrassed. Talk yes. a little bit about that. I've sat in the skybox with Jerry Reinsworth a couple of times. He wants the Sox to win, but he lets his people do the job. And I was in a similar situation. I had a softball team that won the Nationals twice. And I let them, because I took it, it was the old lettuce team. And it became licorice. And I won. I just let them do the thing. But there was a time I should have stepped in here and there. I mean, we might have had a better run. If he had to fire Kenny Williams, his son, mm-hmm. you know how bad it had to be? And plus the bucks start co- stopped coming in. The advertising budgets and everything else stopped happening. That becomes maybe not only a, maybe a son, but maybe a distant son. Okay, because he believed, I think, what Han sold him. I believe that Jerry Reinsdorf believed what Rick Han sold him. So oh, for sure. Yeah, I believe that him and Kenny engineered this deal. That look, they've had international problems. The ball players aren't tough. The trainers have been under question over the past few years. There's been trouble with the, uh, one of the trainers back in the day. You had some Tim Anderson baggage off the field that I know about. I don't know if everybody does, but oh, yeah. I wouldn't want to be in that situation. <laughs> I, I, If I lived in the basement apartment, I'd look for somewhere to jump. So your mind's not on baseball. It's run like it was run like a, a pirate ship at the end instead of a, a solid Jerry Reinsworth type organization, which at least used to seem buttoned down. It doesn't seem that way anymore. It's like everybody's flailing. Everybody is flailing, Mike. And we got a question in the chat from Ron Rupp now. He says, How will the White Sox attract talented replacements? And I think that's a valid question right now. Well, I suggested Theo Epstein. I'll stick to my guns. I'm the guy that told the Cubs not to sell. I was right. Now they're running. They're fighting for a pennant. You got to know baseball talent and you got to know the executive talent. Theo Epstein revives the Cubs, gets them a World Series. He's in the commissioner's office. He won in Boston. I don't want to hear Billy Bean. I don't get the movie. I never have seen the movie. I don't watch movies about people that don't win the brass ring eventually for the most part. Okay. I never, I never got it. Okay. So he's good at judging 
above average talent. I'm not going to dog the guy, but you never want nothing. I don't want Billy Bean. But if it's Chris, Chris Getz, or if it's somebody in the White Sox organization, that's gonna, not going to be enough for White Sox fans. We'll live with it, though. Tomei, I love Jimmy. I love Jim Tomei. As unique a man as I've ever met in my life. Uh, the game. I don't know. God bless it. Say thing about Chris Getz, except that he was a mediocre ball player, period. He made it to the major leagues. I give him all the credit in the world. But I thought he was going to be a better ball player. And, you know, he was smart enough to see maybe that he wasn't going to be all that. And look what he's done. He got in the right organization at the right time. But I don't believe in this. Is he another guy that's a potential son? I can't. I get the. Can't I get run. that vibe too, Mike. Yeah, you like can't it's, run this business. You can't. It's run. too buddy buddy. No, you can't do it. Well, yeah, yeah. People are lifelong friends. People have seen their kids born and gone to college that work in that building, and that's been one of the problems. You got to have turnover. Eventually, you got to have turnover. Exactly. I mean, I mean, I remember the Atlanta Braves from Bill Bartholomew in 1970 to John Scherholz to now whoever's running them. It's just they keep changing. It's about business. Jerry's about investors, and a lot of people believe he just – Jerry's one of those guys, he wants to keep the carrot in front of everybody. He wants to keep it close. He's been quoted by Jack McDowell saying that. Got to dangle that carrot. Right? Well, there was yeah. no carrot. There was no was carrot. No carrot. No. And uh, real quick, you mentioned Billy Bean. Sydney in the chat says, people forget with that young core of talent, Oakland never won a single playoff series. Right. I'm tired of the Billy Bean stuff. I was tired of it the first time I heard his name. I go, who? They go, Billy Bean. I go, he played for who? Didn't he play for San Diego? They go, that's a different guy. This is a, this is Billy Bean because he took some guys and there's a movie coming out. I go, what did they win? I re, you don't know what Oakland A teams I remember? The Rudy Campanaris fingers, Reggie Jackson, Gene yeah. Tennis teams. Those are the ones I remember owned by Charlie Finley. It's fact, Mike. And it's it and I gotta ask you with I'm this winded. whole I am yeah. actually winded right now. That's how I mean I don't know if it's ex- ecstasy, agony. I think it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. I think White Sox fans are relieved and also horrified at the same time, Mike. Uh, and that's kind of what I wanted to ask you next okay. is, you know, this news today comes after yesterday where an article from Chicago Business comes out talking about the potential move of this team that Jerry might want to move them to Nashville or that there's a potential sale. What does this say about the timing of this announcement today to bounce the attention off of that? Well, I if you ever saw the movie Major League, I mean, no, you wouldn't want to see them take clothes off of Jerry Reinsdorf in the no in the cl- no. in the clubhouse like they did of their female owner at the time. And uh, I've always said this that Jerry Reinsdorf wasn't. Uh, I don't think he was put to task enough to put up a winning team. In other words, uh, if he didn't draw a certain amount, I remember telling Jerry Reinsdorf this: I could draw you two to three million. I you should have seen the look on his face. Are you kidding? It was like a no-no because the rental thing, he go, he's got to pay once it gets to a certain threshold, 2.4, 2.5, something like that. Mm-hmm. But I would have put in, if I was governor of Illinois, on a deal that was very, and it's a good deal by Jerry Reinsdorf, good for Jerry. I would have put in, you can't, you have to have a winning franchise after a certain amount of years. Or you, if you go under 500, you have to pay half of the, 
half of the fee for the rent and not the taxpayers of the state of Illinois. Then you see some movement. There was nothing holding Jerry Reinsdorf, who didn't have to pay a lot of things. Got that stadium. Say, I don't know about the sports book, what's going on with that. Okay. Yeah. He's going to get some of that from oh, yeah. what I understand. And I'm saying to myself, okay, what did you give Chicago? One, you've owned the team since 81, Jerry. Once Just again, one. I'm personal friends with Jerry Reinsdorf. And I stuff, believe me, I've defended him in the past. At times I've said he was the best owner in Chicago in the nineties with the bulls. He paid Jordan the third. So I can say this because I've said it to him. But you yeah. have to have incentives for the owner to win baseball games. And if he finished under 500, I would put it like this. I don't care what you draw. But if you don't finish 500 yearly, like next year, if you don't finish 500, you got to pay half the rent in the deal. If you do finish 500, we'll pick it up for you. You got to incentivize them somehow. They never because... incentivized anything. It was a sweetheart deal by Jim Thompson, Jerry Reinsdorf. Beautiful deal. He threatened to move the Sox to Tampa, which pissed off Sox fans at him. Took the Sox off. He made a lot of mistakes. And, I mean, they forget about the 2005 World Series on a lot of TV stations. They don't even list it when they list the Chicago sports accomplishments. That's about marketing. And I hear their, I hear that their minor leagues are understaffed and everything else. So they got to hire a man that isn't going to be beholden to the Reinsdorf family. Poor that's, woman. That's, I don't care yeah. anymore. I, wa I watched Kenny and Rick. That's enough for me. I don't care what and, they hire. An I outside set of eyes. I hire you a 10-year-old with a cigar dangling out of his mouth. I don't care. <laughs> and and six years left on that lease, Mike. So I, I got a curious. Do you think there's any smoke where there, where no. this conversation is coming from? You think it's just, uh, well, he's done just this all before. talk? He's yeah. done this before. He's bluffed before. I mean, the the Bears bluffed. They were going to move to Gary. They don't even know how to bluff right. It's like we're going to take you out of the largest poker game, Chicago, and we're going to go play. Uh, we're going to go play. Uh, uh, maybe uh, fish. Yeah, that. I mean, I remember that whole thing. They they try to scare the public, but the public don't care. The White Sox actually made White Sox fans who are very rabid not give a damn, who believed them and were lied to. I got I I think personally he's more likely to sell than he is to move. What do you think about that, Mike? I think that's a possibility because he always used to tell me between the two things he'd rather own an NBA team than the baseball team. A lot of money spent, a lot of time spent, a lot of intangible parts. It's being an NBA owning an M NBA team seems so much easier to me than having single-A ball, double-A ball, triple-A ball, you know, affiliates, stadium, you know, TV deals. It's you know, it's not the same business it was for Jerry back in 81 when he and Eddie Einhorn brought the deal. It's fact. And this is City good, isn't it? Out, it is. This is it good. is. Are it's you all, kidding me? It's good stuff for the White Sox. And, you know, obviously it's a little scary, but, uh, you know, this team has to go somewhere. And I think they're getting to the point now where, you know, Mike. Well, the Cubs. They, look what the, the Cubs did to them, Joe. The Cubs, the Cubs make them make look them so look bad. Like a, a mom pa operation, which they are compared to the Cubs. I, I mean, said what it. I used to always argue that all the, the Sox got rid of a corner bar called Jimbo's. I used to go in there. Oh, okay. I love Jimbo's back in right. the day, Mike. That was the big deal. Instead of building 
a little neighborhood of bars, like um, by the railroad tracks there. Yep, the viaduct over there. I used to say it all the time. Build up the street, okay? Oh, no, no, we're going to keep everything in the stadium. and We had nothing to do with them, Jimbo's and this and that. I go, you need businesses around. They never listened to me. They wanted all their business. Oh, come to our palace and eat inside. Like, or or tailgate on our on our tarred parking lot that they still don't have even parking figured out there since they've been there. I know That's a right. guy. I know a guy. <laughs> I know a guy, and he's listening. That he took his son to the opener every year since he was a little kid. Well, yeah. he had to miss a few years. He took his son to the White Sox game. He was in the parking lot. And by the end of the the whole journey, he ended up by McCormick Place taking a shuttle bus. Oh. You know what I'm saying? The parking yep. is even screwed up. They 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 just have not paid attention to detail. They have not. And it's an even bigger cluster now, Mike, because there's they're cashless, so you have to pay in advance. It's just uh it's a bit of a, a a dumpster fire anytime well, you, you know what it's almost it, it's almost seems like it was done intentionally oh sure all, but but and, and they saved all the money for their investors with with the prospects and you know somebody just put up nbc chicago you know nbc chicago is a Sox propaganda network just like marquee with the cubs but you know when they when they want the oh let's show god gavin sheets and the miners i know some of the people they're fine people but it's Jerry Reinsdorf station. So I'm not worried about the future of White Sox telecast. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they have partners they got to please. And apparently this year, enough was enough. Yeah. And and Michael in the chat says, can you be our general manager, Mike? I offered myself to Jerry. <laughs> I said, Jerry, Jerry, tomorrow I'll take over. We'll put together a winning organization. People will be held accountable. There won't be nobody cutting up uniforms in the clubhouse. We won't trade. Guys like Chris Sale, for for people that never stepped on a major league diamond, you have to get an, a veteran or an active player back with those prospects. By the way, I want to say something about my buddy, Vinny Parisi, who uh, has stepped aside shortly because this was an emergency thing, and Vinny will be on with you. I just saw him down there, and he says, Vinny had one of the best rants I've heard in a long time, too. He had one of the best rants I've heard in a long time. Vinny's too. awesome. Yeah, and... Like me, he's passionate, but the Sox made fools of Vinny. Vinny and I used to argue four years ago. You know what I was mad about? I was mad about when we had a two-time All-Star catcher, McCann. Mm -hmm. He's still playing for Baltimore. They love him over there. He's had some injuries, but he's battled back. Why would you sign Grandel? And they, they, a two-time All-Star, it was a waste of money. On the tail and, end of his career. Right. At the tail end of his career, heavy plotted hitters. You know, I mean, Andrew Vaughn, for instance, if you had a, any kind of baseball development and people are going, who is this guy? I'll tell you who I am. I saw Nellie Fox play. That's enough. So sit down. Okay? <laughs> Live. Took an oh, L. man. Took an L. Yeah, Vaughn's no Nellie Fox. I mean, I saw, yeah, I mean, Nellie Fox. I saw Nellie Fox in 61. They, they traded him in 63, 62. I cried. I cried. Okay. So I've been by, I've been around the block. Look, you gotta 
you got to make a good hire as a GM to attract free agents. Then as a billionaire, Jerry Reinsdorf has a responsibility to quit looking like the little guy to Tom Ricketts. The Cubs, mm-hmm. like I said, the, the, the Cubs built a whole new neighborhood. That's what, I, and if you ask George Hoffman, Jesse Rogers, anybody, a lot of us used to preach, build bars and restaurants around the area. And they never, they never pushed it. Wrigleyville has flourished. And, yeah. and, and Bridgeport has been the same for the last wow. 25 years, Mike. Not, not a single change. Except for that little shack on 35th, the hot dog stand. It's yeah, got a taco it. stand. That's it. That's yeah. the only thing that changed. I did remotes from uh, Halstead, from the Hickory Pit, you know, back in the day. And from, from uh, mm-hmm. there were small bars that would last two years and then move on. You know, and the remote, the bars we did the remotes from were like bars my dad drank at in the 60s. They were small, like 20 stool joints, 40. You go into Wrigleyville. I mean. What, do you think there was a bowling alley and all that other stuff and Gallagher's Way? There nope. were railroad tracks where Gallagher's Way was. There was a coal, there was coal, there was like little coal and oil. There was gas stations. Oh, I think so, in 15 years, Wrigleyville has gone from arguably a dump. You could say it was a dump 15 years ago, kind of, to now. To, but, but back then, compared to what it was in the 60s, it was a ghetto. Yeah. In the 70s. So that, I know what you're coming from, but it was even worse than that. Oh, I'm sure. We're talking different eras, yeah. Mike. I'm sure yeah. it's going from ghetto to oh, less ghetto time. to dump to now it's really unbelievable. unbelievable well, it, now. It, it, it's, it's something that, I mean, really, it, Reinsdorf, I'll give Jerry this too. He wanted to move the team to Addison. But at the time, people are going, are you out of your mind? That's not going to happen. This is 1981. There's Sox fans that don't have a clue about this. And they lost the vote. So Jerry Reinsdorf was forced to stay there instead of look at another place. Well, and that's the whole reason they built that dome in Tampa, isn't it? Because the Jerry wanted to go there. Well. Partially. I believe he used it as a bluff tool, which was okay. And they yeah. cut the deal. And Thompson looked like a hero, but it was a, a deal that was heavily loaded for Jerry. You know, and... uh you know, they've reaped the benefits. They've made some, they've saved a lot of money in a lot of different ways. Now it's time to pay the piper. You're a billionaire. You're 87 years old. Your son, Michael, might be giving you some good advice. Maybe this is like Rocky Wirtz at the beginning of his deal when he was hanging out with his dad. Uh, right. You know, maybe this is, this is good to get another voice. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's just a big day. We'll see what happens with the hires. I say you got to hire outside. I, I sure hope so, Mike. Yeah. Because well, the White anyway, Sox buddy, team. I'll tell you what, I'm winded. I got the wind burn in my face. Uh, you know, if anybody's got any questions, throw them out there because I got to get tell out of here. It's almost past my bedtime. No, it's it's all good, Mike. <laughs> we had to get on to a quick reaction because this is some big news. We'll see what the White Sox do. I know White Sox fans across Twitter and the in the internet are very excited. So we'll see what's more next. shocked than excited, huh? Shocked is definitely one word to describe it, Mike. I, I wasn't I ready. I didn't think I'd see it. But, but if there was going to be a time where Jerry Reinsdorf even said, oh, mama mia, you know, that's it. That is it. But, Mike, I can't thank you enough for reacting quickly with me. As always, you, you can tell catch those Mike. two guys that you work with. I love those two guys. Oh, yeah. What's the other guy's name? Uh, Zim and I Vinny. I love Zim. Zim and Vinny. 
That's Those right. two guys couldn't make it tonight. Vinny and Vinny can't make it either, but he wanted to pop on, but uh, oh, he's a little shot. busy. No, no, you ain't popping on. You couldn't I know. make it. You, he loses out, right, Joe? The way Vinny we're talking about? Neither of them could make it, Mike. Vinny, we miss you. You know, Vinny's... <laughs> Vinny was born with a five o'clock shadow. I don't want to start anything. Okay. It's true. I can't, I can't <laughs> deny that, but, uh, Joe, thanks buddy. Appreciate it, Mike. Hey, As always have a great fans. night. Sleep easy. See you later. All right, Mike. We'll see you later. Have take a great care, night. Joe. All right. Take care, Mike. All right. White Sox fans, big day, big news. Rick Hahn, Kenny, I'm sorry, Rick Hahn, Kenny Williams gone. That's all I got left to say before we get out of here on this emergency edition of South Burb Sitman. I'm Joe Mandel. My guest was Mike North. For Vinny Parisi and Steven Zim Zimmerman, I will see you guys next time. Let us know on Twitter how you're feeling about this. No matter what, as always, let's go White Sox. Mm-hmm.